Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate the Great Thurston, and across from me is Charlie Hives Thompson. How's it going today? How are you feeling, man? I'm feeling great. Yeah. Is that true? Despite how I look, it doesn't matter. You look rough. You know, you decide how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. So, to well, an extent. Kind of. To an extent. Feelings happen to you and then you react to them. Yeah, you decide how you react to how that's, you feel. That's exactly right. And today on White Pill Wednesday, you have decided to react positively. And I'm not getting any hate from the group today. Got a little bit earlier. Maybe you didn't see it, but I didn't it's see maybe it. less today because it is Wednesday and everyone's in a good mood. We got mm-hmm. some good stuff to run through. Got a couple stories about Omicron and COVID from the New York Times. Got something on climate change. Uh, from, I believe, Reason.com. We got some economic stuff from Yahoo. It's weird that they would print such a crazy thing. And we got a video that was posted in our group of someone speaking at a protest. It was a pretty good speech, so we're going to go over some of it. So anyway, make sure you go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Sign up for as little as 5 bucks a month, and you can watch the show live every day. We've had a few signups actually in the last couple days so we're super pumped about that thank you for signing up i hope you're watching having a good time and uh not going to waste any more time unless charlie's got something that he wants to say okay Mm -hmm. all right cool cool wow i just i wasn't actually ready to go i thought that you were going to stop me so let's go i just i didn't want to stop you today you've been (laughs) complaining about it for years now so then i stopped myself and even though you didn't do it okay i didn't do nothing Omicron. Today's a good day. I'm just having a good day. You are in such a good mood, I can tell. You're not Des- tired. You're not having an allergic reaction. Despite the the wickedness going on around the world, mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's reasons to smile. There are always good things happening. You just got to do a little bit of digging to actually find them. A lot of bit of digging. Is, which is what I did today. And these are the best things I could find, and they're not even that great. So here we go. We're going to put a positive spin on it. Omicron is in retreat from the New York Times. Our great war, our battle, our courageous battle that we've been waging battle. against Omicron. It is currently in retreat. The latest Omicron developments continue. Digging, they're digging trenches. They are. We're in the trenches right now. We've been in them for a little bit. Uh, they continue to be encouraging. New COVID-19 cases are plummeting in a growing list of places. Do they develop the vaccine grenades? Yeah, they've been just... just well, back. we talked about those drones where they go out and they've been shooting their people with darts, like tranquilizer gotcha. darts, only, only they're full of boosters right now. Mm. Booster darts is what they call them, I think. The percentage of cases causing severe illness is much lower than it was with the Delta variant. And vaccines particularly after the booster shot, remain effective in preventing hospitalization and death. Since early last week, new cases in Connecticut, Maryland, New Jersey, and New York have fallen by more than 30%. They're down by more than 10% in Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania. In California, cases may have peaked. We don't know yet. So they go in here talking about the risks. They've actually been pretty good at talking about this. I think this is from David uh, Leonhardt over at the New York Times. He's been pretty good talking about this stuff so far. So they talk about the risks, and I actually went and put my information in on this database today, and I'll post a link where you can do that. It's called qcovid.org. You can put in all of your stats about your health, and it'll tell you like what your risks are. 
by the way, of uh, getting COVID, dying from COVID, being hospitalized, stuff like that. Some of the clearest research on COVID's risk come from a team of British researchers led by Julia Hippisley Cox of the University of Oxford. The team has created an online calculator that allows you to enter a person's age, vaccination status, height and weight, as well as major COVID risk factors. So you could uh, you could put some of this stuff in if you wanted to. A typical, here's where it's cool what they're talking about, a typical 65-year-old woman, to take one example, is 5 foot 3 inches tall and weighs 166 pounds. If she had been vaccinated and did not have a major COVID risk factor, like an organ transplant, her chance of dying after contracting COVID would be 1 in 872, according to the calculator. For a typical 65-year-old man, the risk would be 1 in 434. Double. This is a sexist <laughs> disease, man. Yeah. Have we talked about that? The disproportionate outcomes? For men I don't know. during this? It seemed to be twice as likely to die from COVID. Among 75-year-olds, the risk would be 1 in 264 for a typical woman and 1 in 133 for a typical man. Again, double. <laughs> Once again, double the risk. Those are meaningful risks, but they are not larger than many other risks older people face. In the 2019-2020 flu season, about 1 out of 138 Americans 65 and older who had flu symptoms died from them, according to the CDC. One out of 138. The average there for men and women would be, oh, what, somewhere around 200, one in the 180? I don't know what that would be. So actually less right now if you're vaccinated and you're older. The U.S. may be only a few weeks away from the most encouraging COVID situation since early last summer before the Delta variant emerged. Isn't that something? Everything's getting so much better. Isn't it, you know, is it midterms? (laughs) <laughs> we got to make everything look better. What's 2022? You know? Is it midterms? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're coming up on those right. for and sure. Has everyone seen Don't Look Up now? Um, <laughs> I think so. I think everyone's seen it now. I was going to put my risk factors up here. I forgot to put them on the little slides here. Oh, this is you. Here's the white pill because <laughs> these are my risks. And I know you guys are super worried yeah. about that. So my risk, the absolute risk with no risk factors over here because I don't have any risk factors. Uh, Risk of catching and being admitted to hospital with COVID-19, 1 in 3,344. Now, I don't understand this next one that says catching and being admitted to hospital with COVID-19 following a positive test result. Oh, so that's after I know I've tested positive. Okay, so that's hospitalization risk, 1 in 102. I beat those gall darn odds. By the way, this is all from Delta, not Omicron. Risk of catching and dying uh, from COVID-19, 1 in 333 1,333. 1 in 333,000. Risk of catching him. Risk of dying from COVID following a positive test result. So if I know I have COVID, that is 1 in 2,545. You can go, sounds like you can go partying and just make out with whoever you want. I, can t- <laughs> I made that same, same argument to my wife last night and she acted all weird about it, but I, you're right. According yeah. to the numbers. Yeah, I'm just. Did she not look at the numbers? You know, you know how women are when you cite the data. <laughs> okay. Oh. Anyway, let's continue. It's a joke, by the way. I didn't bring that up yeah. to my wife or We're anything. laughing. Yeah. You actually wrote it in your diary before the show. Hence all the laughing. Started. This is a joke. Okay. If that, if that happens, that means that we're about a few weeks away from the most encouraging situation. There's no guarantee it will. Let's see. Catherine, Catherine Wu of The Atlantic explains... 
It will be time to ask how society can move back towards normalcy and reduce the harsh toll that that pandemic isolation has inflicted, particularly on children and disproportionately to low-income children. When should we resume our activities? When can the mask come off? When should asymptomatic people stop interrupting their lives? Above all, when does COVID prevention do more harm to physical and mental health than good? What? Yeah. This is from like the biggest newspaper out there. Mm -hmm. All right. They're starting. Now, I know that they're a little bit late, just a little bit from uh, what we've been talking about. But the white pill part part of this is that the narrative, for whatever reason, be it political or whatever, the narrative is shifting. And we might actually have a couple months of normalcy this year. Maybe. There's going to be another variant, by the way. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's probably going to come up like a little bit before the elections. going to be super dangerous, they'll say, for the next for the first couple weeks of it. And, of course, if you don't vote in the right people, then you're going to die from it. And then everyone that you know is going to die from it. I'm just saying. Except the polls are shifting now. Yeah. So that's why the narrative is shifting. But, hey, that's good. I mean, this is White Pill Wednesday. It's... It's good to live in a normal society where there aren't vaccine or mask mandates. You know, we can celebrate those wins, even if we've been right the whole time. That's another white pill. It feels good. I'm getting sick of being right, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just want a change of scenery every once in a while. And once you've just been right for so long, <laughs> gosh, it gets boring. <laughs> oh, by the way, we wouldn't be honest podcasters if we weren't presenting all of the data also included in this article were the deaths per 100,000 for people who are unvaccinated, fully vaccinated with no booster and people with a booster. And as you can see in this chart right here, which I'll put a little bit bigger on the screen, the deaths per 100,000, this is in Switzerland, is around 13 per 100,000 for unvaccinated. And it's all the way down around two or three for people who have got two shots and no booster. And if you've also got the booster, it's down around like one to nothing. So just to, just to not leave anything out, you know, don't want to be accused of just presenting biased information. So uh, Miles said, did you all see the Virginia governor remove the public school mask mandate? I did see that. That was actually, I was going to talk about that a little bit today, but I didn't get enough information on it. From what I saw, people are super upset. He eliminated a CRT. Yeah, it's gone. The thing that didn't exist is gone, and people are mad about that. Yep, somehow. You take away something that that didn't exist, and that's what they're upset about. Apparently, Um, he had 15 executive orders on his first day. And pretty much all following up on uh, campaign promises. And what the big thing that I hadn't caught from the articles I'd seen about his mask mandate was essentially what it does is create a carve out so the school district can have a mask mandate or He's a mask left rule. It up to the local people. But you can decide to opt out of it. So the school can say we want everyone to wear masks. They can still do that. But if you are a parent and you don't want your kid to do it, then they can't force your kid to do it still. And that's right, Miles. The people are glipping. Yep. They are <laughs> glipping out about this. <laughs> He hates kids and he's racist. Those are the two things we know. It's way better than flipping. I like glipping. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a lot more efficient. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, Charlie, you got another one here. I know this is both from New York Times, but it's another COVID article. This is coming from your dollar subscription, isn't it? Yeah. uh, We pay, I think, $4 a month or so. And 
they have some pretty good stories and it provides us a lot of content to talk about. We also pay for the Washington Post. Thanks, Jeff, for that. And I think those are the main two that we pay for. Oh, and Seeking Alpha, which gives you good information on stocks. Nice. So those things right there, those are the things that we pay for. Okay, let's All right, so more from the New York Times, which also helps us be anti-racist. Now, this is where they're describing this weird phenomenon that they're starting to find with people who get COVID. After Omicron, this pandemic will be different. So this is... This is good, folks. Omicron's extraordinary spread is likely to have important consequences for the future of the pandemic. By infecting large numbers of people quickly, it's also generating immunity quickly. What? (laughs) What? Hey, all right. This is good news. It's something we never heard of before, and it's starting to emerge due to Omicron, so that's good. Yeah. The layers of immunity may provide protection against future waves and variants. After the Omicron wave, things will be different. Data from scientists in Britain and South Africa suggests that more experienced that more experienced people's immune systems have in handling the coronavirus, the better protected they are. Huh. Who would have thought? I'm glad that this data is coming in. Yeah, we're going to have to research this a little bit, but it sounds a little too this good to be true. This is from the New York Times. Oh, okay, so they researched it. You know, they vetted this data. You know, by the way, to their credit, I searched on their website, and either they deleted everything, <clears throat> or they've been pretty fair on natural immunity the whole time. So they, they've either deleted all the stuff where they said that it wasn't a real thing, or they never came out and said that it wasn't a real thing. Their articles mainly pertain to the vaccination being better than natural immunity or uh, the vaccination plus natural immunity being better than only having natural immunity. We actually, <clears throat> there's a database that stores all of this stuff, whether they delete it or not. I need to find that database. We oh, yeah. Search that. There's no way of no. I'm, that needs to be other part of our that. routine. Um, <clears throat> so the, this, this data, the data are in, and this is what they're saying now. I feel like we've had this data for mm, a lot, mm-hmm. long time, but hey. Every exposure reduces the likelihood of severe illness on subsequent ones. This is news to me. Every exposure reduces the likelihood of severe illness on subsequent ones. That's because each time our immune systems see the spike proteins on the outside of the coronavirus, they get better at responding to them. Hmm. Huh. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck... Now, I literally know people who say that natural immunity is not a real thing, so I'm going to have to send over this New York Times article, although they never say the words natural immunity in this. Mm. Mm. But they describe this phenomenon. Well, here, there's no guarantee that this pattern will continue. Immunity can wane and the virus can evolve to sidestep protection. But all the evidence scientists have seen to date indicates that the protection against severe illness, illness is continuing to hold up. If that does continue, the next round with the virus could be blunted, meaning the impact will be less significant for healthcare. The immunity Omicron will leave behind might well be a major step toward making COVID a manageable illness by providing more protection against future surges and variants. Freaking conspiracy theorists. How about this? What they are. We're going to have to cancel our subscription. Mm. Mm. You know, okay, so the white pill part of this is uh, the narrative is shifting once again. Even though they're kind of late to the party and anyone who talked about natural immunity was a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, a year ago or two years ago, however long it was, 
uh, the mainstream narrative is shifting because they've got to buy, they've got to find a way to dig themselves out of this hole. Everyone, everyone on the left has to try and dig their way out of this right now because they really dug a very deep, crazy, alarmist, fear-mongering hole. Mm-hmm. And they've got to, we talked about this like a month or so ago, they've got to start slowly introducing these little ideas into people's heads that can start changing their minds over time before they just come out and blatantly say, yeah, we don't need to shut down the economy again. You know, we don't need to do that. You got to slowly shift the narrative and slowly incept these ideas in the people's heads. I mean, I, I don't know where they're finding this data at. Yeah, it's, I know. It's probably made up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that if you, if your body's T cells recognize a certain structure of a pathogen, that maybe that's going to help in future mm-hmm. pathogens. It's strange, but this is what the data uh, are saying, folks. There's nothing you can do about cold, hard evidence. I think they're just trying to orchestrate this thing where they end up killing a bunch of old conservative people. They're obviously just trying to get a bunch of people to die. That's what's and, happening. You know, if you had brought this up before, you were talking about it before the data was in. Mm-hmm. That was the problem. There was no evidence whatsoever that natural immunity to COVID could do anything. But now we finally have the studies to back it up. And that's finally, that's kind of the thing that what I notice is people uh, that believe in these big structures of power that they want all the time. Like they wait for the overlords to bestow upon them this idea that it's okay for them to say whatever the idea is. And other people like to think for themselves Uh, maybe decide that, well, all the other viruses, once you get it, you have some natural immunity later on to it, you know, for a little bit at least. And so just kind of guesstimated, hypothesized that that was going to be the case with this virus like it was with all the other ones. But you're crazy for doing that because the science, Dr. Science, hadn't came down yet and said that that was actually the case. And they were waiting for that idea to be put into their brains this whole time. Mm-hmm. And now that it's been uploaded, it's going to be okay for them to say it. Yeah. You just, it's like the matrix little... like when they plug it up and they put in this boom, natural mm-hmm. immunity idea. Now they can say it. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Next one. Some people might not like this as much. Some people will. I'll tell you what the white pill part of it is. All right. So this is coming out of Illinois of all places in the world to have something good coming out of the government. Uh, this is a crazy one. But a new Illinois law allows women to get birth control pills from a pharmacist without a doctor involved. I know you're thinking, hey, why is this a white pill thing? That's kind of weird. Well, it's because, um, well, for instance, I know that my wife, because I was asking her, she said no less than 50, between 50 and 100 times has she had to go to her doctor to get a prescription for something that she's been taking for 20 years or however long it's been. It's totally ridiculous. So... The white pill part of this is a reduction in the healthcare bureaucracy, the rules and regulations, the fact that you have to go through a physician to get this prescription for something that really should just be over the counter. Now, should they have age restrictions on it? That's another question because Illinois didn't put any age restrictions on it. So that's a little bit different. But overall, the fact that they're allowing you to get medications easier, this needs to be transferred to a lot of stuff. A new law passed. A man and a woman. A new law passed 
on the 1st of January provides easier access to birth control in Illinois with women able to quickly complete screenings from a new trained pharmacist and walk out with self-administered contraception the same day. The law provides for birth control pills, which were previously available only with a prescription from a physician. The purpose behind the legislation is to cut back on unplanned pregnancies, which one state newspaper claims is 31% of all pregnancies in the state unplanned, but also to give women cheaper methods to prevent a myriad of health complications of everything from greater than normal menstrual pain to osteoporosis and ovarian cancer. The new legislation certainly makes Illinois one of the most liberal states in terms of access to birth control. Now, liberal I wonder if that would mean like the old sense of the word liberal, where like you get to make your own decisions, you know, like the libertarian liberal kind mm. of decisions. Freedom. What they're doing is they really equate more access to birth control to being a left idea and less access to birth control being more of a right idea. So they're saying more liberal on this. But actually, I think you not having to go to a doctor to get something that you've been taking for a really long time and you keep having to, one, take up your doctor's time, pay for the, talk, the doctor's visit, even if it's covered by insurance or whatever. Someone's paying for it somewhere. The doctor's office is getting paid for it mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And so this is overall more efficient for the healthcare system to do this. I don't think it has to go through a doctor. Now, they originally did it because, obviously, it's hormone therapy, so it can lead to certain things like blood clots and different types of things like birth control is relatively safe, but it's none there. There can be complications. So that's why they originally <laughs> had all these, that's why they originally had all these rules. But I mean, it shouldn't be, um, you should be allowed to take those risks if you want to. But the, there's still the, the thing about this is they're still going to do the screening with a trained pharmacist where they're going to ask you the same questions that your doctor is going to ask mm -hmm. you. And then you got any history of heart disease. Let me check your BP. How's this going? Do you love your partner? Do you plan on getting married? You know, all those typical things that yeah. they ask you when you're getting birth control. And uh, so they're still going to, all the doctors do is check off a few boxes. And as long as you don't say that you've got hypertension and uh, all your family's had strokes and you've had eight strokes actually before you came in here as long as you don't say anything like that they're probably going to give it to you right so why can't a pharmacist check that off mm -hmm. instead of having to go into the doctor's office yeah i'm just it's, saying it's a step in the right direction yeah yeah it, and when people take steps in the right direction that is that's the, a white pill that i take i i take that as a white pill we need okay. to have like a white pill button like what would a, it do like a ding ding. Oh, like a nice, like a good button. Yeah. Hmm. You know how people when they. <laughs> I don't have any good buttons. I just. You know, it's it's we should be a bell. Like okay. the people who um, beat cancer, they get to ring a bell after their last chemo treatment. Let's see what this one is. So. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. You know the thing. That's a yeah. white pill. <laughs> you know the okay. I think it's a white pill that he did that because it's provided us something funny to listen to and so isn't it a good thing we haven't heard that, that he did that a hotel reception button <laughs> yeah anything like that okay this uh, up next from yahoo a former top obama economist throws cold water on the biden administration's favorite inflation argument now not literally he didn't actually take like, I was a bucket say of cold sounds, water yeah sounds kind of mean was this for <laughs> ms like a donation 
Oh, that's a good white pill, by the way. Scientists think they have figured out what causes MS. Oh, that's Speaking good. Of that, maybe we'll get into that later. Are they prepared to do nothing about it? Yeah, you'll be <laughs> you'll be surprised when I tell you. Okay. All right, from Yahoo, uh, President Joe Biden has grappled for months with soaring inflation under his watch. As of 2022 kicks off, it hasn't fallen as quickly as the administration hoped. Now, let's be clear and fair here, okay? A lot of this does have to do with the amount of money we spent in 2020, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Now, it's under his watch, technically, but Trump was the one who signed all the spending bills in 2020. Let's not forget that, yep. okay? So, uh, we spent... What was it? Nine trillion in 2020, something like that. You know, one thing that uh, people do I've noticed is they count these bills that the uh, Democrats have talked a lot about, but they actually didn't go through. You know, like that three trillion dollar bill or three and a half trillion dollar bill, and then they put up the 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus on top of that, and then people still talk about it sometimes as if we spent that money. They did do the. <clears throat> not to stimulate, they did do the infrastructure plan. 1.2 trillion. They didn't do the really, they, they didn't do the big, uh, the, the massive bill yet. Uh, but Trump spent a lot of money during the whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. And actually before that. Well, it was Congress, but Trump Congress signed did. off on it. Yes. He so, should have just not signed off on it. Exactly. The Biden administration is pinning the blame for rising prices on corporations like meat processors for profiting off of the pandemic, but many economists, including one that served in the Obama administration, aren't buying it. Now, because this guy served in the Obama administration, that's why we can now listen to, you know, him because he's not some right wing conspiracy. Um, that's why economist. Yahoo and uh, this is actually an article they were reposting from Business Insider. That's why they can post this because mm -hmm. this is someone who worked in the Obama administration, the economic advisor, and he's saying that uh, Biden and the, the uh, other article I read, which was from fee.org, they had a good article on it too, was talking about Elizabeth Warren. She's been out there talking about how obviously everything is because increased profits from the corporations. That's the only reason we have inflation right now. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not really the, the case. If you trace so, things back to their beginning, it's not the fact that businesses started trying to take in more profits. There's another thing past that. And probably another thing. Probably. Past yeah. That. <laughs> and people backing them up. Mm -hmm. passing, yeah. yeah. So Jason Furman, Furman, a former top economist for president of Barack Obama said in an interview that quote, corporate greed is a bad theory of inflation. I think almost everything other than the federal reserve is a sideshow when it comes to the dynamics of inflation. Furman noted that the demand outstripping supply is far more important driver of inflation. The main reason prices go up is companies are trying to make as much as they can. They just can't make enough to satisfy everything that people want. Uh, he's now a Harvard University professor, by the way, so we definitely can listen to him. Um, when that happens, prices go up. If they didn't go up, we'd have worse shortages right now. Whoa. Hmm. If prices didn't go up, we'd have worse shortages. Than we do right now. Is he making an argument against the claim of price gouging that we've talked about several times? I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Yahoo wouldn't go that far, Nate. Mm -hmm. It's just okay. a few words this guy said, and he's from Harvard, and he's former economist for Barack Obama, so... Yeah. You know. 
So the good part about this is the fact that they, that major publications are printing this, that people from the Obama administration are coming out and saying, no, no, it's not actually the fact that corporations are raising prices. Uh, it's just the fact that the demand is outpacing the supply. If you want to fix this now, because they've put the artificial demand in there by printing a bunch of money and giving it to people, if you want to fix that now, you're going to have to maybe fix the supply issues, which would come from releasing a lot of the COVID restrictions. It's one of the only things they could do and make sure that they're not going to put a bunch more money into the economy, which they are raising interest rates. The market has not been super pumped about that overall, been down quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but they are going to be raising the interest rates. And so they're trying to slow down some of this, but that's going to be tough because when you get a bunch of people hooked on heroin and you decide that you're going to cut them off, not very happy about it. They take to the streets. It's tough. And if you also rely on those people to vote for you to have a job, uh, then eventually you're like, you know, okay, fine. You have some heroin. That's fine. Give just me your a vote. little, just a little bit. Give me your vote. I'll give you a bump. I'll give you a little bit more. I'll give you a bump real quick. If you <laughs> give me your vote bumps for votes <laughs> as the, the drive that's out there now. So, okay. Next one. we got a couple uh, videos coming up here in a second. Weather and climate disasters. You guys know those things getting real bad out there. Weather and climate disasters are declining globally. What? What? I thought it was getting way worse. We just had a giant tsunami. Yeah. It's, Tonga. It's obviously because of climate change. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. All those right. Underwater volcanoes. Mm -hmm. Very susceptible to uh, slight changes in temperatures. The number of weather, this is a quote, by the way, the number of weather, climate, and water extremes are increasing and will become more frequent and severe in many parts of the world as a result of climate change, declare the World Meteorological Organization Secretary General Petteri Tallis last August. He was making the statement that in conjunction with the release of a 2020 WMO report that claimed the number of weather disasters has increased by a factor of five over the 50-year period. Driven by climate change, more extreme weather, and improved reporting. <laughs> Just a little little piece right there. And also improved reporting. Here's the graph they put out. <clears throat> For anyone watching, you can see this graph right here. Look at how many disasters we had from 1970 to 79. It almost doubled from 1980 to 1989. Actually, it did double. More than doubled. 1989, almost doubled again from 1990 to 1999. 2000, 2009 kind of slowed down. And then in the last 10 years, they actually have it going down. Well, that's because in 2000, New York was underwater. They had to mm, pump it all out. Yeah. Well, that probably affected their data centers because they're all housed in New York and they were, yeah. they were underwater, so they couldn't catch all the they stuff. They had to pump it out and yeah. you know, it, was, it was a pretty bad deal. Okay, so... In 2005, New Orleans was underwater. Here's the issue... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the w, here's the issue with that data. The report relies largely on disaster data collected by the Emergency Events Database, MDAT, established in 1988. The MDAT compiles... Hey, that's important, by the way. Established in 1988. Yeah, right around the time that it jumped up twofold right there. Yeah. The MDAT compiles and reports natural disasters from 1900 until today, even though it was established in 1988. However, the compilers acknowledge that the increase over time of disasters included in the database could in part be the result of improved reporting around the globe. 
And we talked about this when it came to the tornadoes, because everyone was real upset about that climate change tornado that ripped through all the all the parts mm-hmm. of the U.S. there uh, a month or so ago. And what they were saying was uh, the increase in tornadoes is likely because of the fact that uh, used to the way you would track a tornado is uh, the guy would call a phone number and he'd say, hey, I saw a tornado. And then they write it down. Like, oh, this guy saw mm-hmm. a tornado. And uh, now we have computers that find them all over the place. So it's way different. Yeah. And the guy would send Dorothy out to mm-hmm. measure. Yeah. He would he'd he'd on his truck. His, yeah. He'd pack his truck mm-hmm. up. Jump and, out of the truck. Yeah. yeah. Because Dorothy wasn't launching properly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you had to make sure you get all those balls yeah. up in the air to measure the effects. Of the screaming tornado. You saw the same um, documentary I saw, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. It's called Twister, I think. Yeah, it was a good one. Great documentary. Historical documentary. Mm -hmm. Okay, the the data show that from 2000 to 2021, the number... So, by the way, they take this and they just go from 2000 to 2019 because that's when we actually started having accurate data and because the other data is not accurate whatsoever. The data show that from 2000 to 2021, the number of global weather and climate disasters declined by about 10%, which is very good news and completely contrary to conventional wisdom. The period since 2000 is viewed as the most reliable for data reliability. But it is safe to say that even since 2000, coverage has improved, so the 10% decline is possibly an underestimate. They also go on to say that don't use data on disasters to say anything about changes in weather or climate. You can't use the disasters data because that's not an accurate representation either. They say that you need to actually talk about precipitation and temperature. Uh, one of the common things they'll say is they'll talk about the cost of these disasters. And of course, that doesn't take into account the fact that we got way more people, way higher property values, way more houses than there used to be. So Different the, things. The, yeah. The exact, more money. the exact same storm moving through the exact same spot 100 years apart are going to have very different costs associated with them. Mm-hmm. So the cost doesn't say anything about that actual thing right there. So the white pill part of that is the fact that actually things are getting better right now as far as the trends are concerned. I'm just looking at the data. As far as the trends are concerned, it's getting better. It's getting, yeah, I'm getting better. Definitely less people dying. You sent me a video earlier, mm-hmm. which I'm going to play. What this? Tell everyone about this real quick. No, I don't. I don't know what this explains at all. But I just, you know, I hadn't heard of this before. Um, well, I hadn't heard of it explained this way before. I knew that there were some variations. However, I didn't realize that this was all completely documented and somebody had figured it all out a while ago. Mm. And this is like, this is known science, by the way. And I didn't know if it could explain anything at all that could do with any type of climate change. Mm. It didn't. So you're a climate change denier now. No, <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm denying anything. So you're I'm saying just, that this explains everything. You started just, by saying you didn't know what this explains. I'm just saying maybe you could ask some questions. No, this was interesting, though. I, I really liked it. So here's this video. From, I did look up this. Um, this theory, by the way, too. So is it a real thing? It's a real thing. Okay. All right. Did you know that the Earth's axis wobbles? It does this in a few different ways. The first of which is how steep or shallow the angle our axis makes is with respect to the Earth's orbital plane. This angle is called the Earth's obliquity, and it varies between 22.1 to 24.5 degrees. And it cycles through those angles 
every 41,000 years. Right now we're at about 23.4 degrees, so roughly in the middle, and currently our angle is getting shallower. So in about 9,800 years, we'll be at our minimum tilt again. The second way the Earth's axis wobbles is that it processes, which is to say that the direction it points towards actually rotates as well. Kind of like how a spinning top will wobble and face different directions as it's spinning. And this happens on a 26,000 year cycle. So in about 13,000 years, our axis will be pointing the complete opposite direction at the same time of year, and our summers and winters will have completely swapped months. And thirdly, even the Earth's orbit itself fluctuates in shape. Right now, our orbit is almost perfectly circular, but on a cycle of every 100,000 years, our orbit will become more elliptical and then return to being more circular again. And the mathematical quantity we used to describe how elliptical an orbit is, is called eccentricity. This cycle happens due to the gravitational pull from Jupiter and Saturn, and it has measurable effects even today. Right now, because the Earth's orbit isn't perfectly circular, summers in the northern hemisphere are roughly four and a half days longer than their winters. And in around 50,000 years, when we're halfway through our next cycle, when Earth's at its maximum eccentricity, because there'll be times where the Earth is much closer and much further away in its orbit, when it's much closer, we'll be receiving around 23% more solar radiation compared to when we're far away. These three variations of obliquity, precession, and eccentricity are called Milankovitch cycles. And they have a huge effect on the Earth's climate because they massively affect how much radiation we receive and where that radiation is concentrated. Huh. Um, I thought that was interesting. Huge effect on the Earth's climate. Yeah. Now, does anybody remember the last ice age 10,000 years ago? Or I so? remember, man. That was dark times for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. Yeah. Frozen and drunk. Yeah. And so, I, you know, look, I'm just saying maybe it's a question you could ask that the, that there could be outside forces beyond our arrogant control that could have a say and what happens with the Earth's climate? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. And I don't know if this guy is or not either. It's very... But I'm just saying it's worth looking into these um, theories and calculations and just maybe, just maybe if our Earth tilts a little bit and, the, and, and it gets further away from the sun or closer to it, maybe that just has an effect on the uh, maybe the ocean tide and the gravitational pull of that and... Maybe it has an effect on how long the summers are or what the temperatures might be. Um, I, just a guess. Yeah. Do you think know. that there's anything we could do, like a like a nuclear blast in space or something to change the orbit of the Earth? We should send all the nukes we have on Earth to the sun. Yeah. And make sure we just push it a little further away. It's trying to kill us. Yeah, it is. Get rid of that. All right. Um, yeah, so you said earlier... Which is a good point. Cosmic um, terrorism. <laughs> I mean, so the exceptions being meteorite attacks. It's cosmic terror. The FBI is looking into it right now, actually. Oh, it's cosmic terrorism for Space sure. Force is looking into it. Yes. That's why they were started, actually, was right. to fight cosmic terrorists. <laughs> no, but you said radical cosmic fundamentalism. <laughs> I love it. Uh, she's very against cosmic populists, which have uh, been a yeah. been a big thing recently. Mm -hmm. You said earlier the that universities. How narcissistic of of is it of us to think that it's just us that whatever we do affects everything, and that everything must be associated with what we're doing when we got this giant freaking ball rotating in a way that. We don't even understand. I don't know if you, the little things in science class where they, you know, remember you turn the wheel and all the stuff moves around. Mm -hmm. That didn't have Earth rotating at some kind of a crazy spinning top orbit when it was no. doing it. I thought it just stayed still the whole time. Mm -mm. You know, I knew that we were tilted, 
yeah. a little bit. It didn't tell you the tilt changes yeah, or that it, it tell wobble, me it was wibble wobbles. Doing this the whole time. Yeah. And also, like we're that. traveling through space, too, so it just doesn't go around in a circle. It it actually orbits like a corkscrew. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And nobody, they didn't teach you that. They no. don't have those models. No, and, and so. And that's because we had, it, you know, radical cosmic fundamentalism that was <laughs> keeping us down from learning these things. And so now I'm finally somebody's speaking out against it. Okay, a uh, protest. By the way, this speech from a protest, this is a minute and a half long. This is posted in the group. Thanks, group, for posting this. I'd seen it on Twitter as well. And uh, just listen to some of the things that she is saying. Maybe you will agree. Maybe you won't. But let's uh, let's check this out real quick. To a room and give them a snicker bar and some damn fries and talk about come get this vaccine. It's tantamount to kidnapping. children you don't have control of me they shut our doors and try to give us god fauci to hell with god fauci he's a fraud fucking criminal churches are surrendering their pulpits to the demonic hockle i'm not coming to your church you're not getting my tithe are you crazy take your children out of school that i agree with yeah good portion of it mm -hmm. i would say amen and a woman as bailey said we may there not go. we may not we may not agree on the outcome that they're yeah. looking for yeah yeah perhaps you know <clears throat> i don't i don't not sure exactly what she means by level it yeah we might agree on the idea of what we think the outcome would be which would be like a better world for everyone we might not agree on the means yeah that we would go about to get there but i don't know exactly what her political preferences are Right. So anyway, but I think someone speaking out against what's going on in the system and how yeah. education is failing and how, um, all, all the things that she said, she's not wrong. Mm -mm. And so we ain't covering nobody's ass for the feds, <laughs> Amanda. And we do have to stipulate that the vaccines have been found to be safe and effective against hospitalizations and deaths. Mm -hmm. Just have to say that. Anyway. And we're looking forward to their new vaccine booster, <laughs> Mystic Mountain COVID Airy. It is going to be yes. delicious. Yes. You'll taste it in your arm. Thank you, Fauci. <laughs> we do appreciate it very much. No, but, but um, you know, not participating, let's say, in the, the system that's keeping everyone back because that's what subsidies are doing. Mm -hmm. right? so when you look at welfare and stuff, keeping people back, um, the education is completely failing. It's, that's clear around the country. Uh, Virginia's governor, arguably, arguably, you could. That's what he won on. 
mm-hmm. obviously people shifting in that direction. And so, yeah, this, uh, the system that is holding people back and my hopes is she is also looking forward to a more freer system. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking forward to and not a, you know, a socialist system, not a system so where don't, your leader gets to control everything. Right, exactly. A system where we all get to control what our outcomes are. That's right. And we still do control, by the way, that our outcomes in the sense that you still control how you react to all the things that are out there, what you do about it. Does the government place hurdles in your way, put barriers in front of you? Of course they do. You, all we can do right now is get better at jumping over those, at breaking through them, their barriers, and of course, fighting to remove all the barriers at the same time. That's what we can do. And hopefully that is what she is doing as well. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to get out of here. That was a great white pill Wednesday brought to you by New York Times and Pfizer right there. Mm -hmm. And also uh, thanks to the people who contributed this video to it and all the other great white pills. We certainly do appreciate it. You might not agree with all those are white pills or maybe you didn't see why it was, but as usual, you're wrong and I'm right. Okay. (laughs) So just going to have to get over it the way it is. So if you enjoyed it, then hit that follow button on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a rating and review. Lots of new reviews coming in, too. So that's really nice of all you folks out there leaving those reviews to help the tyrannical algorithms on these. Those are so important. When you search the word liberty or libertarian on Apple Podcasts, we need to be showing up on the first page of results. Mm-hmm. When we ran our, uh, our giveaway for someone who did that, and we got tons of reviews. When you search libertarian or liberty, we were showing up like in the first few results. Even if you just search good morning. Mm-hmm. And we, we were showing up really quickly. And when the, uh, the reviews slowed down, our, our actual search results, we, we get pushed further back down into the ether where people don't go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, if you haven't done it yet, make sure that you go leave a rating and review. Five stars if you liked anything we ever said. If it's less than that, then don't do it. Uh, forget everything that we just said. We do appreciate it. Sorry for cutting you off there, Charlie. I just oh, wanted to tell fine. everyone how exactly important this was. Somebody said we should read some of them. So I, and I we should, thought maybe I should should do that sometime. Maybe I will pull. It's difficult because our phones are being used as cameras right now, and that's the easiest way to do no, I it. I got it right here. This, oh, okay. This is coming from uh, CS17BHS. Mm, yeah. Uh, true fact checkers. Great show, but my wife doesn't catch the sarcasm, so I have to explain when they're being facetious. <laughs> Which is about 90% of the time. Well, thank you. So Thank you. It'd be difficult. Another one from uh, D.H. Johnson. Uh, practice what you preach. These guys strike me as people who practice what they preach. They're always pro- propounding the superiority of and opportunities provided by free market capitalism. And from what I can tell, they're evidencing that and how successfully they've built up this show. Great insights and fun to listen to. One point of advice, switch the order of episodes so that Apple lists the most recent at the top. Well, that is on you to do on your Apple device. Thank you. Because that's definitely how it shows up on mine. D.H. Johnson. Those are just two of the latest ones we have. We are 4.8 out of 5. Okay. So it looks like we have a couple one stars, a few two and three, four stars, mainly five stars. That's good. So... If it were five stars, then you know it's not real. You get a little bit less you than have five. You got to have some haters. Yeah. Okay. Got to have some haters. So there we are. 
appreciate those reviews. Appreciate much. you. Maybe we'll start reading more of them hmm. as they come in uh, for us. So please do all of that. Share the show with a friend, a foe, uh, the enemies, the children, and your mom. Yeah. If she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope so. Or you can talk to her uh, from the grave. Yeah. Let's do that. We've become very spiritual mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. So um, take it to her. Tombstone and put your phone on there and play the podcast. Share the show. <laughs> Go to goodmorninglibrary.locals.com. Take you it can tell the, both of our moms are still alive take, since we find that funny. Take it to the stone. <laughs> yeah, next time you visit her, just see what she has to say about yeah. it. Don't, you need liberty and death. Don't give more money to big florist. Okay, what mm-hmm. your mom wants <laughs> is you to play Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> At the grave. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Big florist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it crazy how we just trusted Big Pharma? I was, this is right it's out pretty crazy. Uh, this is why yeah. Phil Wednesday. But anyway. Yeah. All right. If you all do all those, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.